Hello, and welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. I'm your host, Erin, Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. All right, so today's chapter comes from the book by Nina LaCour called The Disenchantments. You may be familiar with Nina. She has written a lot of really good young adult books and has, you know, some good taste in music. And anyway, so this book is called The Disenchantments. And this is from the front flap. Colby and Bev have a long-standing pact. Graduate, hit the road with Bev's band, and then spend the year wandering around Europe. But moments after the tour kicks off, Bev makes a shocking announcement. She's abandoning their plans and Colby to go her own way in the fall. But the show must go on, and the disenchantments weave through the Pacific Northwest, playing in small towns and dingy venues while roadie Colby struggles to deal with Bev's already growing distance and the most important question of all, what's next? With emotional precision and vivid language, Morris Award finalist Nina LaCour draws together the beauty and influences of music and art to brilliantly capture a group of friends on the brink of the rest of their lives. So, seniors out there, if you have senioritis and you're ready to get on with it and get over high school, do some crazy plan, I feel like this this might be a good book for you. I think it's probably important to know that this book came out in 2012, so there may be some dated technology. All right, used to be a troublemaker, hated homework, was a sweet heartbreaker, but now I have my dream. I'm so rowdy for 18. That is from School Days by The Runaways. Bev says when she's on stage, she feels the world is holding its breath for her. She feels electric, louder than a thousand wailing sirens, more powerful than God. I thought you didn't believe in God, I say. She says, okay, more powerful than the universe then. Bev is the lead singer of a band called The Disenchantments. They aren't very good, but they play so loud the speakers crackle and the bass makes your bones tremble, and they look amazing. It's almost 3 a.m. I am so tired I can barely stand, but I have to stand anyway and go out onto the living room couch so Bev can fall asleep. Even though we've been best friends since we were nine, she's a girl and I'm a guy and there are certain rules neither of us is powerful enough to challenge. We need to pay for those tickets, I say. Bev nods. I mean, really soon, you know? Yeah. Like tomorrow. Okay, she says. Good night. She's getting the way she gets sometimes, all far away and quiet, so I say, you're tired. Okay, I'm going. I head to the door, but then I remember something and I can't help myself. I read today that Stockholm Archipelago has more than 24,000 islands. Isn't that rad? I can't wait. She kicks the comforter to the foot of my bed, pulls the sheet over her shoulder. There's also this amusement park that's right in the middle of the city. An old cool one, I add with one of those swing rides that lift over the water. I turn off the light and step into the doorway. I can almost picture Bev and me circling through the sky with islands all around us. Suddenly the room I've lived in all my life with its wood floors and high ceiling and single skinny window feels smaller than it ever has before. Then Bev's voice through the dark. 
don't forget about the tour. That comes first. I know, I say, and then we're almost free. Yeah, Bev says, almost. In the morning, Bev walks out of the bathroom in her cut-off shorts and the Smokey the Bear t-shirt we got in seventh grade summer camp to the kitchen where my dad and I are eating cereal and reading the Chronicle. She rumples my dad's hair and says, Morning, Tom, then opens the junk drawer and takes out a pair of scissors. She shuffles back to the bathroom. Dad looks at me from over the Bay Area section. My son, going on tour, he gets a little misty-eyed. I say, what about my son, graduating high school? Probably a little more important. That too, he says, nodding. This is a big day, a very big day. Your mother called when you were in the shower. She'll call again a little later. I check my watch. It's 7.15 here, nine hours later in Paris. Bev, we have to go soon, I call into the bathroom. Yeah, I'm just finishing something. She calls back. You can come in if you want. I push open the door to find Bev with scissors raised and waves of blonde hair drifting to the floor. I grab my toothbrush. What is this, I asked, a symbolic gesture? She chops off a long piece by her ear. I don't know, she says. It's just something I felt like doing. Sitting on the edge of the bathtub, I brush my teeth and watch her cut until her hair is as short as a guy's and the tile floor is covered. I go to the sink to spit, and she puts the scissors down, steps back, and studies herself. She kind of looks like a movie star, and she kind of looks like one of those punk rock homeless kids who panhandle on Hate Street. In any case, she looks incredible. Rad, I say. She cocks her head. You think? Um, yeah. I lean over the sink to rinse my mouth, and when I stand up again, there we are, standing side by side. Bev's hair is barely a shade lighter than mine, and now almost the same length. Matching blue eyes, a similar darkness under them. We didn't get much sleep, I say to her reflection. We rarely do, she says to mine. The phone rings in the other room. I'll sweep up, she says, and then we can go. Dad comes into the bathroom with the phone, so now the three of us are crammed into the smallest room in the house. Whoa, check you out, he says to Bev, and Bev laughs, and Dad nods his approval and hands me the phone. Bonjour, mon chéri. Mom says to me from 5,567 miles away, the distance between San Francisco and Paris is one of the many facts I've picked up from Bev's and my nights up late searching Europe. Like the number of islands in Stockholm archipelago, like the fact that in Amsterdam there are more bicycles than there are people, and Holland supplies 70% of the world's bacon, which is not really something I need to know considering that I'm a vegetarian. Comment vas-tu? I'm good, I say propping the phone on my shoulder and taking my place at my dad's desk. I'm just about to pay for our tickets. C'est fantastique. I can't wait to see you. When she switches to English, she sounds more like herself. I wish I could be there to see you off on your last day. I know, I say. It's okay. We'll celebrate for days when you and Bev get here. Sounds good. Ready? Bev calls. I've got to go, I tell Mom. Good luck, she says. Je t'adore. Call from the road if you can. Dad hands me my sketchbook as I'm hanging up and I stick it in my backpack and say, it's almost like she's forgetting how to speak English. He laughs and runs a hand through his gray brown hair and says, guess her language classes are working. And then Bev and I are out the door into the San Francisco morning, rushing past the produce markets and well-dressed strangers catching the F train up Market Street just before it glides away. The school day is a collection of moments. Five goodbyes from teachers, a free period spent retrieving my drawings from the airy studio, 
lunch from the taco stand, our mouths full asking, can you believe this is the last time we'll all eat tacos on this street corner together? All of us answering, no, no. After school, I lean against the building and look at the sea of rainbow-haired teenagers. Everyone is out on the lawn with portfolios and instruments and sculptures, signing yearbooks and playing music, setting down backpacks and kicking off shoes as though now that we're free, we've decided to stay here forever. I'm sketching Bev, who sits a few feet away from me, practicing the verse of a new song while Meg plucks the strings of her bass guitar. Nearby, a group of ninth grade girls watches them rehearse. One of the girls wears a disenchantment shirt that we made for their first show. Bev and Meg come up with the concept, a close-up of a girl's eyes with dark makeup and a tear starting to fall, and they had me draw it for them. I used Bev as a model, and the first sketch turned out perfectly, and they had it printed in silver on these fitted black t-shirts that sold out the first night. It's rare to hear Bev without a microphone, so I listen hard. She's working on the vocal melody. One second she's low and throaty, and the next she's doing this badass breathy thing. Her head is turned away from me, and I'm sketching her neck, realizing that I've never seen it this exposed. Her hair has never been so short. Hey, someone says, and then this guy Craig sits down next to me. So, first the tour, and then Europe? I nod. We'll be around here for a few days in between, though. That's so cool, he says. I respect that. You're doing something different, you know? You're getting out there. Even though this is San Francisco's arts high school and people probably expect us all to go off and do unexpected and interesting things, everyone except Bev and me is going to college. When I told the college counselor our plan, she looked pained and asked me if I was sure, but I told her that, yeah, I was completely sure, had been completely sure since the summer after eighth grade when Bev and I found Banda Art in my parents' DVD collection and watched it three times in a row. The counselor was worried, but I didn't let her get to me. Instead, I told her about some Dutch guy who spent a fortune on a single tulip bulb and how now there are tulip fields just 30 miles outside Amsterdam. Picture it, I told her, fields of tulips. She softened a little, took off her glasses. I've seen them, she said. You have? Were they great? She nodded, and I swear she got a little emotional. See, this is what I'm talking about. If I had asked about, like, biology 101, you probably wouldn't have even remember it. I'm not crying about tulips. Yeah, but you're crying about the experience, right? Maybe not the tulips themselves, but whatever was happening when you saw the tulips, or the person who saw them with you, and the tulips were probably part of it. Yes, she said, they were part of it. And then she cleared her throat and put her glasses back on and said, Colby, going to college is incredibly important. Eventually, she gave up, and word quickly spread around campus that Bev and I were actually doing it, leaving together after graduation, going to Europe, and everyone wanted to talk about it, about where we were going to go and where we were going to stay and how amazing it sounded and how they wished they were going too. Now, just a couple of weeks before we leave, I glance up from my drawing toward Craig and say, remind me what school you chose? Craig was in my art history class last semester. We didn't talk that often, but he's pretty cool. Stanford, he says. Wow, I say. Yeah, well, we're off to college like a flock of fucking sheep, man, but not you. Most people who hear about the plan think Bev and I aren't ever going to go to college, that we're just going to bum around Europe forever. That isn't really what we have in mind, though. We want to spend a year there, getting to know Paris, traveling to Amsterdam and Stockholm, and maybe even Oslo or Helsinki. 
Lately, I've been dreaming about bodies of water. The Seine, the canals in Amsterdam, the archipelago. Bev and me on trains, moving from one new place to the next. And then, whenever we're done, whenever we're ready, we're going to come home and go to college. I explained this to the college counselor, and I explained it to my parents, but I don't explain it all to Craig. I just nod and say, to each his own, and draw the curve of Bev's neck where it meets her shoulders. And that is the end of the chapter. So I love a good book about traveling and music and not having any responsibilities, so I might check this out and finish it. So that was, again, The Disenchantments by Nina LaCour. If this was not your jam, it's okay. There's other books in the library just waiting for you to check them out. So I hope that you tune in next time and thanks for joining me on another Next Reads. Thanks. <laughs>